the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN NFL Playoff Challenge, $500 cash, and prizes is up for grabs exclusively in the SGPN app. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really real. Villain Rod Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And got my guy Scott Studio Rochelle with me. Scott, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. A pretty interesting card in the NBA yesterday. Uh, I know that everyone was kind of distracted by the double overtime game uh, with Dallas and with Los Angeles. Can we call it a horrible game, even though it went to double overtime? Because I got to rant about the officials, but I don't know if you want to do the honors first. No, no, you can go ahead. It was one of the worst officiated games that I've seen in a long time. Uh, it was really, really bad down the stretch. A uh, couple of mistakes also by the Lakers, not fouling Luka when you're up three and they have no timeouts with less than 10 seconds left was kind of absurd. But they put Schroeder at the line originally when Westbrook clearly got fouled, and they made Dallas burn a challenge just to review who the who they fouled, which was really random. Brown, I thought, got fouled in the three-pointer at the end of regulation, and they ended up not calling anything there. Uh, you, the refs were really just horrible last night. Uh, that was really just my takeaway from the game itself. Uh, I know LeBron had a pretty good counting stats game efficiency-wise. He was horrible, especially down the stretch. He didn't make a shot in overtime. He was 0 for 5. But my main takeaway from that game was that the officials completely lost control of the game. I'm not sure if that was a flagrant on Westbrook in overtime. Didn't matter in the end because Luka missed both free throws, but I wasn't sure if that was a good call. A lot of just really questionable calls by the officials in big moments in that game. And I don't know, I, I, it kind of ruined it for me. It was still a good game. Dallas won. It was entertaining. I get all that. But did you watch that game? Because the officiating was really just horrid in the fourth quarter onward in that game. No, yeah, I caught some of the game. And, I mean, at this point, I just don't I don't have a word. Well, I already told you my fix action. So I really don't have any words for the officiating or anything else like that. I'm glad that my bet didn't lose <laughs> because of it. But I mean, I think the more important thing, and some people are talking about in the chat that the Thomas Bryant, everybody was waiting for that one rebound. I think everybody was waiting two overtimes for one rebound and they never got it. So <laughs> that was, that was pretty much the funny part for me in that game. The fact that it was two overtimes of waiting for a rebound that just never came. Yeah. It was kind of weird because Brian was having a decent game. Uh, was it officially confirmed if he got injured or did they just decide to bench him? Um, I think they just decided to bench him. I don't know about an injury. I don't remember him getting injured from what I saw. I, th I just feel like I just didn't see him on the court anymore. 
And it was probably Vegas putting a call in saying, hey, so many people are on this Thomas Bryant double double today. We need you to need you to calm that down. Yeah, I mean, Luca triple double, I feel like a decent amount of people potentially had uh, like plus 310 that got there because primetime Luca to primetime Luca things. Uh, besides that, though, I know if you want to pivot off of that game, we got to talk about your Blazers. Uh, because I mean, I told you all what it was. I told you that this is going to be the roughest stretch of the season for them. And yeah, it, I know. I, it is. You did. It's just, what are they now? The 11th seed, I think, in the West? Yeah, I think so. They lost like four, five. They lost like eight of the last 10 games or something like that. I've already been selling. I know you've been higher on them all season long than I, um, you know, more than I have, but they've been struggling lately. And yes, the schedule got a lot harder. Lillard goes for a 50 piece and they lose to Cleveland at home, uh, at home, which is, you know, tough, but Cleveland, of course, a very good team. You have any overall takeaways with that or just Lillard's good. Cleveland's a better team. Move on. Uh, yeah, pretty much that. Lillard's good. Cleveland's a better team. They had the game and they lost it. I think that, like I said, they're, they're a team that I just see as like a sleeper in the Western Conference that can knock somebody off. Like they can have one good yeah. series against a team, whether it be like a Denver or whether it be like a Suns. Like I think they can be good for one good series, especially uh, when when everybody's fully healthy and when they actually have a rotation because they don't, they clearly don't have a rotation right now. Like. It, Really look like Chauncey is just sending people out there to go play. Once they figure out a rotation, once they figure things out, I think that they'll be better. But no, they're a walking fade right now. Just wait till you see better. Once they get on a streak, they're going to be really good. But they're a walking fade right now, for sure. Yeah, but that was. I'm trying to think of other takeaways to have. Uh, the Sixers no showed the game defensively, and OKC went into their building and scored 133 points. People got to stop giving OKC double digits on the road, man. You got to do. stop doing that. You got to stop doing that. That was easy money. I think I was on I was on the money line in that one. And so that was – it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I thought I'd be sweating the game out to the last second. I think that was really all my takeaways besides the fact that – it's not even a takeaway because we already knew it, but Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot a basketball. That, that was really the other takeaway. Durant's not playing. I feel like he had a good game. I no, really he had a good like, – he yeah. did have a good game. I feel like he had a good game. But with Durant being out, you can't score zero points. Like, that can't happen. You, you can't score yeah. zero points when Durant's out of the lineup. But Simmons was fine. He got benched in the final five, six minutes of the game because he turned down a layup and Jacques Vaughn wasn't having it. But overall, it was fine. Celtics are a better team, especially with Durant being out. And that was kind of the story of that one. So, yeah, I don't really have many other takeaways besides that. The main talking point was probably the officiating in the Lakers game. because. Luckily. It was was national TV, and it was really just a horribly officiated game. But, yeah, I think we kind of covered all the points, unless you have something else you want to add. Man, so I was on Kyrie's assist because I thought that this was going to be a, all right, we're going to have to get Ben going because we need an extra level Mm -hmm. of scoring. We got to get Ben some confidence and get him going offensively. So I'm like, all right, Kyrie's going to initiate Ben in the offense. Like Kyrie's been telling Ben to shoot. He's going to initiate. Luckily, his assist still got there, even though Ben didn't do a damn thing. But I think that's a play that I'm going to be on while Kevin Durant is out is is Kyrie assist just because of more the fact that I just gonna assume, focus. Yeah. yeah, they're going to focus on him. And I just assume that they're going to like, especially after this donut, 
they're going to find ways to get Ben involved offensively. Like they're going to force him the ball. And I think Kyrie is going to be the facilitator of that. I believe they play the Thunder next. So it's actually a decent matchup for Simmons and for Kyrie. So we'll see if what happens with that matchup. Yeah. Simmons said in the post game, he needs to be more aggressive offensively. It's a cool story. I'll believe it when I see it. But the fact is he, it seemed like admitted that he could have been a lot more aggressive and he wasn't. Maybe he shows something. And Boston, we know in you know this type of head-to-head matchup, they're the more talented team. They're one of the best defenses in the league when they're fully dialed in. And it looked like it in the fourth quarter. But Simmons scoring zero points. Can you believe that guy scored 42 against Rudy Gobert like two, three years ago? Hey, man, like that's like the that's like the That's the Corey Brewer 50 point game. Yeah, Corey, it is right? the Corey Brewer 50 point game, but it's more of like Rudy Gobert. He really let him like forever. Yeah. Ben Simmons can say, I had 42 against the guy. At one point he did say that. There was one point he did. Yeah, it was defensive player of the year where they were making a case whether it was gonna be Ben or Rudy Gobert for defensive player of the year, and Ben is like well, I have 42 on him, so, yeah, that is, you know. I mean, people forget about it, but I got to point it out. But you have any other takeaways you want to mention, or is that pretty people much People forget old? about a lot of things. People don't remember that Draymond had a 30-point triple-double in the Game 7 of the NBA It finals. wasn't a triple-double. He finished with, I believe, nine assists, but it was very, oh, very close. Right. It's, it's still one of the greatest the Game best, 7s of all time. The best Game 7 performance I've ever seen. Yeah. If, <laughs> if they would have won lost. the game, uh, Draymond would have been fully, like, immortalized. He kind of is at this point anyway. But. He Probably would have won Finals MVP. Yeah, he would have. He was the only player who did anything in that in that game for Golden State. But still. that whole that whole series, he was really good. All right. Yeah. Sorry for getting this off topic. Let's talk about today's game on a Friday, the thirteenth in the NBA. We have the New Orleans Pelicans going to play the Detroit Pistons. Pelicans are laying six on the road. Two thirty four is the total injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Pelicans, Herb Jones is questionable. Zion and and Brandon Ingram, you know, you're not going to see. For the Pistons, Jalen Duran is out. Corey Joseph is out. Isaiah Stewart is questionable, and then you know you're not seeing Marvin Bagley or Kate Cunningham. This. Is there they got up? me to outright win. They got me yeah. to outright win last time against Minnesota. They did with Minnesota. Yeah, uh, never again. Oh, yeah, I'm. I'm told you. I don't know. Seven laying seven. Minnesota was yeah, dangerous. Work, it, was, it was very. It was very very dangerous. In my in my defense, they didn't give up like 147 <laughs> points the day prior. But yes, yeah. Minnesota's uh, that bad. But yeah, um, you're gonna run it back, or you're gonna take New Orleans because we know that it's pretty much McCollum is the main offensive weapon for this team, but. New Orleans has depth, and you can make an yeah. argument of the deepest team in the league. They've been able to kind of hold their own without Zion and Ingram. They gave the Nets a run for their money with Durant. They lost the game, but they still hung in there, and they ended up killing uh, – who did they play? They killed the Wizards last time out. They won that game by 20. I think I'm probably leaning New Orleans just because of the fact that I do love the depth of this team, and Detroit is – Potentially going to be missing a couple pieces. Uh, so we'll see how this game, you know, shakes out. I like the over in this game because Detroit doesn't guard anybody. But I think New Orleans just has too much depth, and I think that they'll be able to show it. I don't think they really have many players that can guard McCollum, and I think he's in line for a good game. Valanciunas yeah. on the boards might eat. I know Stewart and Dash or Duran have, uh, have kind of missed some time recently. Stewart was I, a – I think he was a scratch. Like He was right a last-minute scratch like an hour before game time. Yeah, so I'm not sure if that was a so. one-game thing because of a back-to-back or if that might be 
a sign that he might be banged up legitimately. But I think I'm going to lean to New Orleans. I just think they have too much depth, and I still don't think Detroit's good. I'm just going to chalk it up to Minnesota being a bunch of idiots. Yeah, no, no. Nobody is ever out here saying Detroit is good. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm on New Orleans. I'm going to be chalking this one. And it's really because what you talked about, the defense of Detroit, they are one of the worst defensive units in they don't the even past try. five games. Yeah, they really don't. And the – the thing that I like about New Orleans is that they have a lot of people that can score the ball. Like, they really, truly can score the ball. We talk about Trey Murphy. You talk about Jose Alvarado's had a couple of 20-piece games. He's able to get going from three. Najee Marshall has been able to get to the rim recently. Like, they've had people that stepped up and score the basketball. So, if Detroit lets them, this could be, like, a route. Like, this could be a route. New Orleans could really have something nice. And because of that, I like CJ's assist this game. I think that Detroit's going to give it up to anybody and everybody, and CJ is going to be the benefactor getting, you know, some cheap, easy assists. I see his assist line at, uh, hold on. Well, like, I'm going to guess like six and a half, seven and a half. Five and a half. Like, five and and a half? Minus, I see a five and a half for minus 160. I take it to six and a half, get some plus money, and get it closer to even money. Maybe you're laying a little bit of juice, but yeah, I like, I like CJ for six and a half assists today. Yeah, it definitely seems like a pretty solid deal for a guy who has the ball in his hands all the time. McCollum's been good, and I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of McCollum's game. I think that he's still a very talented player. I'm just a bit concerned about how much he relies on mid-range jump shots, and sometimes he forces the issue. It's fine if he forces the issue now, because there's no other guy that you really want the ball in their hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a good supporting cast. The issue with McCollum was when you have Zion or Ingram in the lineup, you probably want McCollum to shoot less. He mm-hmm. doesn't have an off switch, but now he has a full green light and he's been doing pretty well with it. I'm going to go with New Orleans. This team defensively has a very just solid ceiling. Detroit has no ceiling at all. The ceiling's the floor for that defense. <laughs> they, they just don't even care. The uh, ceiling is the roof. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, shout out to MJ. But I'm going to go with the uh, Pelicans here. I think they're potentially going to score 120, 125. Pelicans team total is probably my favorite play in this game. Because I do think New Orleans' defense can clamp down. I know Detroit's defense isn't really capable of doing that. So give me the Pelicans' uh, team total over. Uh, if I get a prop on Dyson Daniels, I'm going to take it. Okay. I'm not sure if we're going to get one because he still doesn't start per se, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe like closer to game time we'll get one. But if I get a prop and it's like, I don't know. I don't even know what his props would even be. If it's like nine and a half, ten and a half, some cheap points prop, I'm probably going to take it just because how close in proximity he was in getting drafted to Jake and Ivy. Kind of a little revenge factor there. Hey, showing him up that I can defend and I can score, do all this stuff. So I'll have some fun with Dyson Daniels if it pops up. He's a hell of a defensive player. Yeah, really good. And because of that, I'm on under here, under 234. I think that this could be a situation where the Detroit doesn't do any help to the scoring at all. Like, I still think that the Pelicans are a pretty solid defensive unit overall. They have some nice pieces defensively, and I think they can give the best players of Detroit some real issues in scoring the basketball. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think I'd rather take team totals in this game because Detroit's defense is so bad that we could see the Pelicans maybe even reach 130. They scored 130 on the road against Washington last time out, so it's not Mm -hmm. totally unreasonable if they pick apart a weak defense. 
Detroit, the team totals around minus 113 and a half, minus one, uh, sorry, is it min- uh, almost uh, over uh, under 113 and a half, 114 and a half, give or take. I maybe wouldn't mind the under there, but New Orleans' team totals around 120. Mm-hmm. I think they're in a good spot to go over, so I'd probably lean that way more. All right. Next game on the slate, we have my New York Knicks going to play the Washington Wizards. Minus four and a half on the road for the New York Knicks. Two twenty-two and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have uh oh, did I go off the screen? I did go off the screen. Here we go. We have four of the New York Knicks. Clean. Clean injury report on that side of ball for Washington. You have Chris Dasprazingas, who is questionable. Monte Morris, questionable. Daniel Gafford, questionable. Vernon Carey, questionable. Johnny Davis is questionable. For what, the G League roster? <laughs> no, Johnny it looks Davis. like he's actually on the he's actually looks like he's on the main roster right now. We went to the same college. I'm not gonna give him too much of a hard time, but I mean I, I didn't even know he was on the active roster. Guy's been yeah. a G Leaguer all season long. He's been up and down, up and down. All right. We know Nick's at first half is an easy play here. That's more at home, but yes. I I like him in the first half tonight, especially if Porzingis and company don't play. But this line opened up at three. It's all the way up to four and a half now. Is there any stock in a Knicks letdown spot? Because they've been playing some really good ball recently. If you talk about the New York Knicks, they are four. They've won four of the last five, three of the last five ATS. Should have been been five of five because they choked away the double-digit lead against Milwaukee. Yeah, they did. And so they had a pretty good bounce back game against uh, the Pacers after that. 14 and 6 on the road ATS this season, 12 and 8 straight up. Whereas you have this Washington team who is 8 11 ATS on the, at home, 11 and 8. So they've been able to win, uh, not cover some of those games, but they've been able to win more 11 and 8 straight up. But 8, excuse me, 8 11 ATS, 13 13 and 1 as an underdog. What are you doing here? I think I have to take the Knicks. Uh, the only problem is they're horrible at closing out games. They almost blew a massive lead against Indiana with Halliburton injured, and that was really nerve-wracking for Knicks fans. But they held on. They won the game. I think that's why my favorite play is probably Knicks' first half. I know you're a fan of this team, so I can only imagine the emotions you go through in the final 12 minutes of every game because it's a mess in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter yep. at times. But – They've been leading a bunch of games after three quarters. And then the fourth quarter is kind of a crapshoot. You hope they hold on at the end. I am assuming the Knicks are going to win this game because if Porzingis is out, Beals missed a bunch of time. They don't really have many other scoring options. Shout out to Avdi, though. I've given him a lot of crap, but he did have 20 rebounds last game against Chicago. So he actually had a pretty good game. Only scored nine points, but had 20 rebounds. They just don't have any scoring options. And with Brunson dropping 40 and change against Drew Holiday and then kind of keeping it rolling against Indiana, Randall's been... Brunson's been really good recently, man. He's been really, really good. But the Knicks have scoring options. And with Porzingis potentially not playing, New Orleans really doesn't. So I think I'm going to lean to the Knicks. I think they should get the job done. They're not a bad road team. You'd think that they were a lot worse on the road because of how good the home crowd is, but it's actually the opposite. 
No, okay. it's because it's because you can't get you can't get wins at home. You, get the you, can't, get, you can't get wins at home. You got to go opponent, on the road yeah. and get wins. Just saying, everybody though, else play their best ball. The Knicks are still an underrated road team, so I'm not concerned about them traveling to a hostile environment. I'm not even sure how hostile DC is for the Wizards, to be honest. Like <laughs> it's it's been it's fine. Better. It's, it's been fine. Better you know, than, yeah, it's been better in recent years. There are it, it wasn't always out there. You know, my but... first NBA game ever was a Knicks game in. Uh, uh, the Wizards Arena in Capital One. Look, I'm just gonna that put it like this way: I'm assuming yeah, like the I'm assuming the attendance is better at Wizards game than Mystics games. Let's put it that way. But still, no, no, it's not. Really? It's actually, not. I've been to both. I've been year. to both. Yeah. Yes, no. So the Mystics game was, in terms of yes, the attendance is better because they have more seats. But in terms of packing the place out, like I mean, that place was wall to wall packed. Now, granted, it was super in her last season, so you know. It was like one of they had a back to back set, and so both of those were her last last games in DC. But that joint was packed, like packed. Energy was. I prefer Mystic games over Wizards game. I'll say that one hundred percent. Well, I'd probably prefer that too with Beals not in the lineup. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the Knicks. DC is not a bad home court. It's not great, and it's not their fault because the team's not really good, but. Give me the Knicks. I like how they've played lately. Defensively, they've been very solid. They have a gear, and yeah. the Wizards don't have that. Once again, they gave up 132 to the Pelicans without Zion and Ingram. Nice win against Chicago. I know we both like the Wizards there because the line looked questionable, but also DeRozan didn't play, which helped matters for them. Give me the Knicks, though. I think they're the better team. Yeah, I want to fade the Knicks here, but I can't. They're just playing too good ball. You can right fade now, them man. live. I'll, I'll just take. Knicks yeah, it's probably a line. It's probably a live line that I could get that I'd probably do, but not. I'll take the Knicks minus four and a half. Jalen Brunson last five games, no six games, 23, 24, 38, 26, 44, 34. Has been really, really good. Really freaking good, man. His points prop is set at. Oh man, where'd it go? Gotta be like the twenties. Twenty-four and a half. Yeah. I mean, do you even fade that? No. Can you fade that? The only version of fading it that I'd somewhat be interested in, which you could still go over with, is maybe double double, and you hope that he gets ten assists with it. But no, I don't think anybody on the Wizards can guard him. Uh, he's very twitchy, and that's given people problems, including Drew Holiday, who we view as one of the best defensive players in the entire league. So I like Brunson over. Guy's in a good groove. I'm not going to expect the Wizards to stop him. So I'll take the uh, over on Brunson as well. Man, that, that 44 against Drew Holiday was really good, man. Uh, let's see. We got Brunson's double-double because I actually like that play. Brunson's double-double is sitting at plus 650. I mean, I, I've mentioned Brunson double-double a couple of times this season. I know it got there once against the Hornets in like one of the first games of the season, but mm-hmm. he has the ball in his hands all the time, and Brunson is a very smart decision maker. And if you think you can get a couple of potentially cheap assists with lobs to Mitchell Robinson or even just kickouts to wide open guys in the corner for three, I think plus 650 is a hell of a deal if you want to throw it in as a long shot or as a parlay piece. I think there's some value to it. And Washington has come down. Washington used to be like a top – well, I think on the season they're still like a top five, top ten defense. But past five games, they come down all the way down to 16, giving up 114 points per game. Like that is a lot compared to them. They normally keep teams out out of 110, normally in like the 108, 107 range. So that's a big little jump for them in the recent games. Yeah. All right. 
Let's see here. Total sitting at 222 and a half. I mean, what I just said, do we just go over? I'm total has come down two points. I will say it, that it's much. come down because I'm assuming Porzingis is not going to play. It's, it's why the lines moved a couple points in favor of the Knicks. It's why the totals dropped. It's once again another kind of team total game. I think the Knicks can do whatever they want. I'm not sure the Wizards do anything. So I think I'm kind of looking at team totals instead. I'll lean over because I could see the Knicks just scoring 120 and they mm-hmm. drag the game over by themselves, but I think I feel better about team totals. Yeah. Yeah, Knicks are still good defensively. I'm with you. Team total under for Washington. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Atlanta Hawks going to Indiana to play the Indiana Pacers. Minus two on the road for the Hawks. 238.5 is the total injury report for these two teams. And for the Hawks, you have Trey Young, who's not on the injury report with an illness. And you know you're not going to see Clip Capella right now. For the Pacers, you have Miles Turner, who is questionable. Aaron Neesmith, who is questionable. O'Shea Brichette, who is questionable. And then Tyrese Halliburton, how we talked about last game, he is out with an elbow and knee injury. I mean, it's Atlanta as a road favorite. That's a pretty easy. That's a pretty easy fade to me. The thing is, is because Halliburton's obviously out, and how he's one of the best young guards in the league. We've seen other young guards step up on this team. Is Mathurin going to have a bigger role? Maybe. Probably Nemhard. We saw Nemhard did against the... Oh, Warriors. Nemhard. I'm Warriors all over here. Nemhard's assist. Yeah. That is right. probably my favorite play. He show, they've shown that this offense is the same thing when Halliburton is out. It's just a different player. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. I still don't think Atlanta is good. I, I think that... Trey Young not playing, of course, gave him a bit of an alibi against the Bucs. They had a nice comeback there, fell short. They tried. But I still hate this team. And I've been roasting them for the last month. And they might have won, like, one game since I brought them up. They've been horrible (laughs) the last month. It's been really bad. But I think I am going to lean to Indiana here. A lot of people are going to take Atlanta solely because Halliburton's out. But once again, we saw how Nemhard looked, and we it, know how Matt same look. I promise you, if, the drop off's not that big. If you didn't watch the game and you just looked at the production, you would have thought Halliburton was playing. He did the exact same thing. This is a system off. Like this office is systemic in the fact that they are going to run through the point guard. The point guard is going to run the offense. He's going to find the open guy, find the guys, get guys to their spots, and he's going to rack up a bunch of assists. I think he I think he was averaging double-digit assists during that time that Halliburton was out. I got to look it up, but he was playing really, really well. If I was going to play Atlanta, I'd probably take the first half, and you just hope that Indiana kind of gets off to a slow start without Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Do I trust Atlanta enough on the road laying points for 48 minutes? No. 24 minutes, maybe. 24 minutes, maybe I can wrap my head around, but I don't know if I can fully handle Atlanta as a road favorite for an entire game because, once again, it's either bad coaching, (laughs) it's bad roster fits, but Atlanta just has no cohesion on their entire team, and Capella being out is a really big deal because he's easily their best center. No offense to Okonkwu, he's trying out there, but this team is significantly better when Capella's healthy. I'm not backing Atlanta when they are seven and fifteen as a favorite on the season, two and five as a road favorite. And we have 
Indiana, who is probably one of the best teams in the league as a home dog, nine and four on the season. Mm. I'm not laying two, two, two and a half with Atlanta. Give me Indiana. That's that's a near lock. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. That is a near lock. I, that that we could be talking about this game at the end of the show. So once again, Atlanta. If you look at the rosters on paper, should have a good chance to win the game. But we've seen it all year. This team's horrible on the road and. You can make a serious case that McMillan's going to get fired by year's end. And I don't think anybody would really second-guess that decision. Would you? No, not at all. I'm not going to blame McMillan, but it seems like he's kind of lost the locker room. And it just It's not working. Like You got to no, admit, not. when a situation is not working, it's just not working. Yeah. All right. 238.5. I'm on the under. Yeah, I so I understand why everybody yeah. would be on the over. First of all, I'm not I'm not betting an over when I lost 10 points from open. I'm not doing that. The line opened at 228 and a half. Not doing that. Now, granted, that might have been trade in news. I don't I don't know, but 10 points, absolutely not. However, Indiana's still top 10 in terms of points inside the paint. So you're asking an Atlanta team that has struggles scoring anywhere that's not inside of the paint to be a really good jump shooting team against this this Indiana team? Like, uh, no. Like, yeah, Indiana gives it up, but I don't think that – they give it up to people that are able to score inside the paint. They teams that can actually shoot on the outside. I don't trust Atlanta to make anything on the outside any given night. So, yeah, I'm going to under 238.5. The total just seems too high. And if you're talking about Indiana, uh, of course, we just mentioned how the offense might be able to hold on without Halliburton. Of course, when you're missing your best player, that's going to tend to lead to more unders because Halliburton is such a phenomenal player with the ball in his hands. And he gets his teammates involved and stuff like that. Two thirty-eight. I mean, that that sounds insanely high when one yeah. team's missing their best point guard or their best overall player, and the other team on the road is not very good. So I'm going to go with the under. One bad quarter. You talk about it all the time. You could you could see yeah. one really ugly quarter drag the whole total down. It might get into the two thirties, maybe two twenties, but I do think that this total's too high. I'll take. The if over. you want to over, I wouldn't be mad at a first half over. I think that's yeah. great. But when we get into the second half, I think that's when things slow down. I think one quarter, either Atlanta is going to ramp it up defensively or Indiana or maybe both. Let's see. Let's see. Can I let's look this up? How do these teams start games? Because this could be something that because I do think that they're you're good for one quarter of a lot. I'm trying to think if Atlanta starts off quickly in their games. Like I don't recall Uh, them getting into insanely fast starts at home. Indiana is nine and 13 to the. Over, so that's not good. It's 13 9 to the under, okay. Yeah, and Atlanta, not Atlanta, I said Atlanta, uh, Indiana. I'm yeah. sorry, Atlanta is actually 13 7 and 1 to the over on the road in the first quarter. Okay, let's tailor these down a little bit more to how these teams have been doing recently. We got Atlanta 2 and 3, okay, so on the road 2 and 3. Uh, at home for Indiana has been two and three. Yeah, so really nothing historical wise there in the past five games that makes me want to play that. But just off of gut, I think these teams start off a little bit early, start a little fast. Yeah, I think it could be a good live line if it gets into the two forties. Take the under as well, but yeah, I think I'm just yeah, gonna for lean sure. Under. Yeah, for sure. 
or if they if they like this is definitely a live bit. I might live bet this game actually because if this if they start slow, I think that they ramp it up a little bit. This could be something. This could be something. I think that if you got that two thirty eight, you definitely got the worst part of the number. One hundred percent, you're going to be sick if you bet that over. Yeah. All right. Next game on slate, we have the Golden State Warriors going to play the San Antonio Spurs. Golden State's laying eight and a half on the road. 244 is the total. Let's see here. For these two teams on the injury report, we have for Golden State. You're not going to see Kaminga, Wiseman, or Jermichael Green. They're both and they're all three of them are injured right now. And you're not going to see Devin Vassell in this game either. So of the people that are available, clean injury report for the two game, two teams. Golden State coming off of three losses at home, all as a favorite. Especially that really, really embarrassing loss to the Suns. I don't even know what Suns team that was. Whereas San Antonio's coming off of two straight covers against Memphis on the road. Now they're coming back home. Well, no, I lied. San Antonio's covered five straight games. One and four straight up the last five, but covered five straight games. You got sixty four thousand people in attendance. Got the Alamo Dome. Yeah, this is the uh the highest attended game in NBA history, I believe it is. Yes, Which is really I don't I don't understand why a random Friday in San Antonio broke that mark. Maybe because Golden State's coming into town, but I don't know. I just feel like you know, there's other games that I would think of that would break that mark before this one. Mm. Like, you know, Steph be taking the scoring record in Madison Square Garden. That just feels like something that would break this record. A lot, of it's capa- a lot of it's capacity based. This is gonna be this is gonna be a trivia question in like ten years, and everybody's gonna get it wrong. What the highest it's attendance a- for a basketball game? Yep. They're gonna say something crazy or like LeBron's last game or da da and it's gonna be this one. This is gonna be answer. All right. Five straight covers for the Spurs. Are you taking them at home plus eight and a half? I think I am. Uh, even though no, uh, Golden State should be motivated to get back on track again after getting a really just awful performance from their entire team against the Suns. I think at the end of the day, you're looking at a Warriors team that is still three and sixteen straight up on the road. They're not a good road team at all. San Antonio is not good. Don't get me wrong, but they've been competitive lately to some degree. Offensively, I see a track meet. I like the over in this game. I don't think you're going to see much defense being involved. Can I really, on principle, lay north of eight points or so with a team that's one of the worst road teams in the league? I don't think so. Now, on the other hand, I've mentioned time and time again, I typically like to back teams after get, they got embarrassed on national TV because they should be motivated and you know tr- to try to really just be amped up for this game. I think my favorite play is the over. Both teams put on a show in front of such a really just a large capacity for crowd, but I think I am going to lean to the Spurs. Golden State on the road, really? Like, I, I can't do it. It's more of a principal play. I can't do it. I think you're going to end up seeing a high-scoring game, not much defense being played. But give me some type of, like, kind of like the Grizzlies game against the Spurs. Spurs are going to lose. They'll make it fun. It'll be close. 130-something, 120-something, only to the Spurs. But I do like the over. I see a lot of points in this game. Yeah. It's a huge uh... total. I, I get it. I think I'm still leaning to the over. 
I'm not really too, too afraid of the over just because Golden State defensively on the road has been really bad. But I do think there is like a little bit of a get right spot here for Golden State just because three home losses. When is the last time Golden State like legitly like when they had their people playing had three straight home losses like that? Like, I I, I don't know. So I think there's a little bit of a get right spot. And then teams where their three previous games were home losses and then they went on the road, they're five and two ATS. So a little bit of a trend there going in favor of Golden State in this one with the three straight home losses. I kind of feel like this is a little bit of a get back spot. Like I feel like everybody would be on the Spurs and I understand it. Spurs been playing better ball recently, but uh, I, I kind of want to lean Golden State here. I, I don't blame you. I mean, I, I just mentioned the TV, the national TV angle, which has done well this season, but it's more on principle for me. I, I think I they get out fast. They they get yeah. out fast. I just can't lay eight with this team that's three and sixteen on the road. And I would maybe consider it if the Spurs were missing some guys. For the most part, they're healthy. So that's not really a concern. Mm-hmm. But eight or eight, I, I just can't. I can't do it. That's all. That's Spurs missing their missing their second best player. Uh... They've been holding their own though with Keldon. Like, if it was anybody other than Golden State, would you really be concerned about eight and a half? It's just that Golden State, they're four so and 15, the four and 15 on the road. That's against the spread. They're three and yeah, 16 straight up. Yeah, capacity crowd. All right. I can't do it. That is a really good trend. Five and two on the season. I am going to ask, though, capa- really capacity good. crowd, though, what percentage do you think are actually Spurs fans? Good question. <laughs> Great question. No, good question. <laughs> Maybe 60. Okay. Might be good enough. Uh, okay. I need a tiebreaker. What's the head to head? Uh, last San Antonio. Let's see here. San Antonio's won two of the last five. Golden State was unable to cover a seven and a half at on the road in San Antonio. All right, fine. I'll tell you. Uh, Once again, uh, on paper, Golden State should smack them. The problem yeah, they, is yeah, they, on that. paper, they should smack everybody, and they've been useless on the road all season long. So. All right, yeah. Plus eight and a half. San Antonio plus eight and a half. We, we can't. You're right. You're right. We're thinking too much about this. The it, could be, it, could be, it could be. It could be wrong, but I'm going to go with principle. Yeah, and see what yeah. It is. It is principle. Yeah. There's no way you lay eight and a half with a team that's four and four and fifteen against spread on the road. Was it four and fifteen? Yeah, it was four and fifteen against the spread yeah. on the road. Three and yeah. sixteen straight okay. up. Yeah, we can't do that. All right. Thank you for getting me off that cliff. Next game on this. Well, no, before we talk about the next game, I've got to talk to you about the official sports book of Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is Win Bet. They are live in a bunch of states. They have live betting, they have same game, win, build your own bet parlays, and they have so much for the NFL playoffs. Get in there and tap in for the playoffs starting tomorrow. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bets. New customers sign up today, receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100 limited limited to state availability. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
Offer subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, and we are also brought to you by us and the SGPN NFL Playoff Challenge. If you haven't signed up already, go into the app and hit contest, sign up for that contest because we are giving away $300 cash, $100 SGPN gift card, and a $100 homage gift card where you can get some cool retro NFL gear, like some really cool throwback gear. So if you like the throwback Giants gear, the throwback Eagles gear, throwback Jets gear, all that stuff, make sure you tap into the contest and check them out, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash homage, H-O-M-A-G-E. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder coming off of a back-to-back where they scored 133 points against the 76ers, going to play the Chicago Bulls. Bulls are laying four and a half, 234 and a half is the total injury report here for these two teams, and we have for the Thunder. Not really much I can tell you too, too much. You know for a fact you're not going to see uh, – James Jeremiah Robson Earl, you're not gonna see uh Povashevsky. And for the Bulls, DeMar DeRozan is doubtful. Zach Levine is probable. Tony Bradley is out in health and safety protocols. All right, here. Getting OKC as another road dog here in this spot in Chicago. What are you doing with it? I think I got to take Oklahoma City, right? I know that you could argue about fatigue, but if the Rosen's not yes, playing, yes, you do have why, to take Oklahoma City. Like, why would I? Why would I want to take Chicago if the Rosen's not playing? And you mentioned Levine, and Levine has been phenomenal the last couple of weeks. He's been incredible, but he's now on the injury report, so clearly something's bugging him. He might play anyway, but I'm a little bit concerned by that. They lost to the Wizards last time out uh, with that really just questionable final shot by Levine down three, taking a mid-range jumper. But I'm going to go with OKC. This team's found a way as an underdog all season long, but DeRozan being out, I'm not sure if I trust Chicago late in games with him not playing. I think I got to take OKC here. I I don't trust Chicago enough. I like how they've played lately because they've played better. They set the bar low. And playing better late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Set the bar on the ground, and then you have nowhere but yeah. up from here. But then they finally like lifted themselves slightly off the ground, and they lost to the Wizards. So I'm gonna go with OKC. They lose the teams under 500. Like that is yeah. that is what they do. They beat the good. Like it's such night and day from last year. It's hilarious. They beat the good teams, and they lose to the under 500 teams. Guess what? OKC is under 500. Another and this was here. really. Billy's huh? mentioning uh, for the Golden State game to keep an eye on pool because there's going to be some baddies in attendance with 63,000 people there. In San Antonio? Uh, I was going to say, Barkley thinks there are some Maybe big I, women I don't over know. I, I've never been to San Antonio, but I know Barkley, where Barkley has. So I'm, I'm okay, going to lean right. to Barkley's, you know, uh, state. Uh, you know, maybe Barkley's right. Maybe he's not. A, if you know what I'm talking about, then you know. Yeah, what I'm no, no, about. I'm hip. I'm with you. I'm with but, you. Okay. <laughs> if you know, you know. So. Really, it's a number of things for me. It's the fact that Chicago is bad. They play down the competition. They're bad against teams that are under 500. They're definitely going to play down the competition when the fact that the Thunder are coming off of a back-to-back plus travel going from Philly to Chicago for this game. And then, little nugget I have here, teams on a back-to-back where they scored 130-plus 
in the first leg of the back-to-back, they're 10 and 6 ATS this season. Majority is dogs. They're majority covering and spread. So I like I like OKC here. It, it kind of makes sense that the team is hot coming off of that game last night and that energy that they had last night transfers into tonight. I, I think that this is a good spot to get OKC as another dog. So, yeah, plus four and a half, sprinkle on the money line. I think this is really good for a Chicago team that, again, plays down the competition. Yeah, I agree. All right, total sitting at 234 and a half. For fun fact, that same is that it? Wait, where is it? There we go. That same stat, ten and eight to the over teams after scoring 130 plus the first game on a back to back. I'm on the fence for this one. I don't, I don't, I'm not playing it. I'm not playing it. I can't. I can't lean really one way or another. Honestly. Yeah, I, I really can't because DeRozan's not going to play, but we mentioned that Levine's banged up. If Levine has an off game with him being below 100%, do you trust anybody else on the Bulls? I know Vucevic can occasionally have a big game. It's mostly on the glass, usually not involving 30 points. I don't really like Chicago supporting cast that much from a scoring perspective. I don't think I really have much for the total in this game. Yeah, I... Uh... I really can't lean one way or another. Like I, I see it going both ways. If I had to choose, I guess I would do it over. Just yeah, because. probably. Chicago has no rim protection. Like there's no rim protection. Neither is OKC. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. If I had to pick, I'd go over. But I think I'm, we missed the best value. Like when you got that. Excuse me. Wow, head burp. Uh, if you got that line at two twenty eight and a half where it opened, then yeah, I would feel really good about that. But now at two thirty four, uh, sorry. Okay, next game on the slate. We have what I think are the Phoenix Suns. I'm not 100% certain if that's the team or not, but I think they're the Phoenix Suns. Going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves are laying five and a half. 222 and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for, I think, the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul is not playing. Landry Shamit is not playing. Campaign, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson not playing. DeAndre Ayton is questionable, though. So. You're one for six there. Do you think Landry Shamit begged the coaching staff to let him play in this game too? I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Anthony Edwards is questionable. Kyle Anderson is questionable. Torian Prince is questionable. Wendell Moore is available coming up from the G League. And that's about it on that side of the ball. You know, you're not seeing McLaughlin or Cat anytime soon. Huh. Important thing to say that Anthony Edwards is dealing that hip injury that he's questionable with Anthony Edwards. That's actually bothering him. Like you can actually mm-hmm. see on the court that that is bothering him. So that is something to mention. Okay, I would love to see you pick between the Suns and how they're playing now in Minnesota in this game. Oh, I think I got to lean Minnesota. I hate this team so much, but they're okay at home. They're 12 and 9 at home. Phoenix is 7 and 15 on the road. They had the nice win against Golden State, and then they immediately Ooh. responded by getting buried by Denver and lost that game by 29. Doesn't five seem really short against a G League team? That's what Phoenix is. Phoenix is yeah. basically a G League team at this point. Yeah, yeah. But then again, you got to remember, it's also Minnesota. 
I know. I hate Minnesota, the Pash. <laughs> I, I do. I hate this team so much. But five, it's a little short. I, I, you know it's rough when you're being forced to potentially use Dario Saric in 2023. That yeah. tells you where your team is. I actually at. didn't know he was still in the league. I will admit that. I did uh, not know he was still in the league. I thought he was th- off the league. I think I have to lean to, to Minnesota. I'm hoping for their sake, after getting killed by Detroit, they show some pride. It hasn't hasn't shown this season, uh, but I'm going to lean to Minnesota. Five, I just think, is so short against this Phoenix team. Do you think people are overrating Phoenix because of that Warriors game? Or no, because they got buried by Denver right after it, so people realize how bad they are? You know, actually, actually, I think I'm putting more stock in getting buried by Denver. I'm not going to lie. Even though Denver is like, what, number one in the West still? I think I'm putting more stock in getting buried by Denver than beating Golden State at home. Yeah, I'm not I'm not laying I'm not laying that many points with Minnesota. I, I just can't do it. I'm rooting for it. you. I, I just this this song I'm rooting for you. You you're rooting for me. I'm rooting, rooting for you. For you're laying <laughs> yeah, you're laying points with Minnesota. Like obviously I, 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 we I can just, both see. I can't this is take a points spot. with Phoenix on the road missing half their team. I just can't do it. And I can't lay minute points in Minnesota ever. <laughs> That's fair too. Fair too. Uh, all right, here. So good night nugget by Hardwood Prospecting. He dropped that in here. I didn't actually see it, but I love this play, and I'm gonna bet it today. Wolves eight and two ATS in the first quarter, their last ten games. So breaking that down a little bit more, at home in the last five games, five and zero. Oh. Two and three on the road the last uh, five games for the Suns. Feels like a pretty good play there. Suns missing half the team. I don't love Minnesota to cover a uh, spread for over 48 minutes, but I can I can do 12. 12 is cool. I'm cool with 12. So, yeah, give me Minnesota first quarter. That spread is at one and a half. Yeah, just win the first quarter. Matter of fact. If you want to lay a little juice or you want a parlay piece or something, I'm looking at like minus 150, give or take, one way or another, for them to just win the first quarter. Lay, what, minus 115 for minus one and a half? I feel confident with I think, I think I'd rather take the 115 than the 150. But. Yeah. Well, one and a half, I feel yeah. confident that they can have a, a pretty decent lead early on, especially with the Suns trying to figure out what their rotation is going to be today because now this is another different lineup that they have. All right. 222 and a half is the total. I'm on the under. over. Oh, you're on the over. I'm gonna go oh, okay, over. great. There we go because I was I'm, all over the under. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean over here. Minnesota, we saw give up 130-plus points to Detroit. The Suns, I'm hoping that they kind of go back to how they played against Phoenix, mm-hmm. where they just throw all caution into the wind and try to play chaos ball, basically. They're just mm-hmm. going to go up tempo. They're going to try to really just force the issue a lot. With Chris Paul being out and with everyone else who's really worth a damn on this team being out, uh, <laughs> they can make a serious case to play faster because Chris yeah. Paul needs to play slower, etc. I'm hoping Phoenix just tries to go up tempo like they did against Golden State. Minnesota goes up tempo. And I don't think that's really going to change much. So I kind of like the pace in this one. I am going to lean to the under. I'm mean, sorry, I'm going to lean to the over. I think that they'll find a way to get this number. Uh, I, I I just think that Phoenix, 
I wonder how much of the Detroit uh, the uh, Denver game was fatigue back to back and altitude, but either mm-hmm. way, this total is a bit tricky. But Minnesota giving up one thirty and change to Detroit, I can't trust this defense either, and I know I can't trust Phoenix's defense in current form. So I'm going to lean to the over. What I will say to combat you and why I was on the under, because you are right, Denver did score 126 points in that game, and they pulled the starters with like a couple minutes left in regulation. That line, that game still went under. The game still went under. Like, oh my gosh, I just, I don't, I don't know if they're going to score 100 points. Like, I really don't know. They haven't scored 100 points in four of the last five games. Like, Once again, this is, this is Minnesota we're talking about. So maybe, yeah, this is you're like very, you very, it's like a half true. hedge, maybe. So Minnesota can still be terrible and cover, but the game still goes over. Yeah, but, if you bet this game, 1 800 522 4700. All right, next game on the slate, we have money time because the Orlando Magic are going on the road to go play the Utah Jazz. Jazz are laying six at home, 233.5 is the total. We are going to spend like basically no time talking about this game because I know oh, we're going to see eye to eye on it. Oh, absolutely not. For the Orlando Magic, did you see Jonathan Isaac actually played basketball this week? 15 and 5. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he 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 might actually make a return to the NBA. Like he. Oh, I liked him as a player back in the day. All right, RJ Hampton and Kavon Harris are both actually their G League team is actually kind of stacked. They really are. (laughs) Hold on, wait. Let me let me go keep up with some G League scorers. Their their G League team's actually kind of stacked. Hold on there. Uh, Jalen Suggs is questionable for this. When is the last time we saw Jalen Suggs play in a game? Man, it feels like forever. All right, Jalen Suggs is actually questionable for the Jazz. Colin Sexton said he'll play. THT is questionable. Uh, I, Udoka, forgot, I forgot about THT, too. I forgot about <laughs> yeah. Udoka Azubuki is out. Health and safety protocols. Yeah, look, all these names I really haven't been paying attention to. I'm not going to lie. Colin Sexton is the thing you know. It sounds like he's going to play. All right, Orlando plus six. Orlando sprinkle on the money line. We're done there, right? Yeah, I'm taking Orlando. I mean, we saw them have a nice win against Portland on the road last time out. I know Portland's falling a cliff, falling off a cliff, but they're still mostly pretty good in the Moda, and they ended up winning that game. Uh, the Jazz had a nice win there against Cleveland, courtesy of a seven-point possession by Jordan Clarkson in the final two minutes of that game. But I'm going with Orlando money line. Utah is a favorite. We know has not been good against the number. It's a decent number as well. I'll take Orlando. Once again, this team's feisty, and I think they can hang around. Man, I mean, I'm seeing 81% of the money on Utah, and I'm just like, even if this is a good spot for them to cover as a favorite, do you really, really, really trust your hard-earned dollars, the dollars that you earned, whether you were slaving, whether you hit a parlay, whatever you did, do you really trust your money betting on a team that is 6-12-1 as a favorite? <laughs> you know Orlando's been overall pretty good as a dog because they're an underdog. 21-14-1. 21-14-1. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, there's no way. There's no way. They're 8-11 as a favorite straight up. Just straight up. That's ridiculous. Okay. I saw a question about Bobo double-double. Yeah. Uh, 
Utah really has issues rebounding basketball, even though they have some guys that can. And, you know, Laureate will give you a game. I think you'll get a game out of, like, uh, what's my boy from Carolina? Uh, well, he was at Carolina. He went to um, freaking Auburn. What's his name? Oh, Kessler? Yes. Walker Kessler can give you a good day rebounding ball sometimes. Kelly Olenek, eh. But I, I trust the rebounders for the Orlando Magic a lot more. That's why I really like Orlando for this game, just because I think they are probably going to have a pretty good edge on the rebounding the basketball, get another opportunity, more opportunities for the ball, more opportunities for possessions. Yeah, that's about it. I got nothing else. But I would I would play a double-double on Bobo. I wonder what that's sitting at. Let me see. Probably a decent price. Bobo's been a bit quiet lately. I see Wendell Carter at plus 150, so I would assume yeah. Bobo's around that same number. I think I'd rather take Carter double-double, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Anything else for you? We got the total sitting at 233.5. That's interesting. I don't know if I can take an under with Utah at home. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think this is a pretty decent spot for an over. I mean, my thing is that there is times where Orlando will just lay an egg offensively, and yeah. it's like they should be a lot better than what they put out. It's the fact that Utah – I know Kessler is a pretty good rim protector, but he gets into foul trouble a decent amount. I think it's a great game for Boncaro. I'm looking at the matchups and who's going to be matched up against him, and I really think Boncaro can have a really nice game. Yeah, me too. But last time I said he could have a nice game, I said he can also go out there and get you 17 points and kill your over. And he did that and exactly scored 17 points. And he killed the over. Yes, yeah. like exactly. It's starting to piss me off a little bit. You just mostly right. the matchup. They, they just give up so many points in the paint. I, I think that Boncaro's got a pretty nice matchup for this game. All right, last question on this game. Carter or Bull? You said Carter, right? I'm going to lean Carter. No offense to Bull. Bull's a nice player, but Carter as the starter, I have to like more for rebounds, don't I? Yeah, I think and Bull can play like top of the key. He can play different areas on the court. Carter majority stays in paint, so I like his chances. I'll take Carter as well if I had to pick. All right, next game on the slate, the Denver Nuggets are on the road to go play the Los Angeles Clippers. Minus two and a half for the Clippers at home. 224 and a half is the total. I mean, I'll read off an injury report. I don't know how much it'll mean, but I'll read one off. Uh, Jokic is questionable injury management. Jamal Murray is probable. Bruce Brown is probable. That's about it there. Paul George is out. Luke Kennard is out. I mean, that's what it says now. It could be like 3 p.m. on the East Coast, and you'll see like two other people that say they're out. But, hey. <laughs> I, I got to ask, by the way, what the hell does injury management mean? He played 28 minutes against the Suns. He had a day off. What are you potentially arresting him for? I just assume they're like, Yo, because you've been playing a lot recently because everybody else has been hurt. So, I mean, why not you take a day off? Because everybody, literally everybody else has been hurt for dead. I guess uh, he played 28 minutes in the last game. Like, really? Uh, sure. I mean, I can't get mad at it because they're against the Clippers. So the Clippers invented, not really invented, kind of the Spurs did a while back, but still. Uh, sure. 
Uh, do you want to take Denver if Jokic doesn't play? Because I definitely don't. Oh, absolutely not. And I actually have a little – where is that stat at? I've been messing around with this. When he's off the floor? Huh? Aren't aren't the Nuggets the worst team on the, in the league when Jokic is off the floor? What? Can we find – how do I find that out? I, would I thought based on efficiency out. numbers, they're like the best offense with him on the floor and they're the worst offense in the league when he's off the floor. That 100% makes sense. I would love to figure that out, but I, I truly don't trust Denver. I don't trust Denver with Jokic a lot of the time. So They've owned the Clippers, <laughs> though, but of course that's because of Jokic. So yeah. isn't and, the best play in this game just to sacrifice some points to know for a fact if Jokic is going to play or not? Because if he's not, there's no chance I'm taking Denver. And if he plays, there's no ch- there's no chance in taking the Clippers. And there's a trend associated to this game. I've been having so much fun with this trend thing recently. But the what is it? Teams that are home favorite off a win in their last three games before that. So they had they got a win, and then the three games before that win were L's, twelve six and one. And I think that you know you just think about the Clippers trying to turn right the shit because they were pretty decent early on in the year, at least in terms of record. And now they're trying to go on a stretch. You have this Nuggets team that, you know, it's become a little bit of a rivalry coming to town, potentially no Jokic in this game. I think that this could be, you know, I think this could be a good little spot for the Clippers to keep a little run, a win streak going and catching Denver on the road. So yeah, I'll back the Clippers. Cool. This is probably that, Kawhi 25 piece and a win type game. Yeah, and no, Hardwood's confirming what I said. Jokic and the Nuggets are plus 24.9 with him on the floor, off the floor. That means they're that bad. Uh, yeah, uh, th- usually it's LeBron in previous years, but the Lakers actually won a couple games without LeBron in the lineup. So this year, I believe the Lakers, with LeBron being out, aren't mm-hmm. as bad as you'd expect. Don't get me wrong, they're not good, but Jokic. I'm pretty sure the best offense in the league with him and the, the worst offense without him. Yeah, it's, it's definitely close. a big difference. Like the Lakers still suck with LeBron in the lineup, but at least the Yoke, at least with the Nuggets, they're actually in terms of record really good with Jokic there. It's not with Hard- what off. Hardward said though, and number one is Jokic, number two is Caldwell Pope because he plays all his minutes with Jokic. <laughs> uh, uh, Caldwell Pope. That's all just right. funny, but two twenty-four and a half. I got to be on the under. If Jokic Jokic doesn't play, we said Denver has the worst offense in the league when he doesn't play. Mm -hmm. And the Clippers don't play fast anyway. I got to go with Mm -hmm. the under, assuming Jokic doesn't play. 77% of the bets on the over, 87% of the money on the under. Besides, the last time they played, didn't the Clippers score like 29 points in the first half? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I can't take it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is definitely a revenge spot for that Clippers team and one of the, probably their worst game all season. Yeah. Wow. It I might lock up, I might lock up the Clippers today. Wow. This is really all sitting well for the Clippers to have a really good game. All right. It is. Yeah. Last game of slate. Houston Rockets going to play the Sacramento Kings in a back back game here. set. Yep. Immediate rematch. We have nine and a half again for the Kings. 238 is the total. First game ended a 20-point win for the Kings. Was it exactly 20? Yeah, they won one. Yeah, yeah, 135, 115. You know, Houston plus nine was really, really good for three quarters. Like, I felt like a sharp for three quarters. Maybe it was two and a half. 
No, it's a great, it a it's a great story. Too. I felt like a sharp after four quarters. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah, man. yeah. But, so, uh, injury report for these two teams this time around. You have Kevin Porter Jr. is out, so it was an injury, and I know it was. Kept, Nobody knew what the hell out. happened to him, but it was an injury. So Kevin Porter Jr. is out, and. Kevin Herter is so the Kevins. The Kevins are on the injury report today. Kevin Porter Jr. is out. Kevin Herter is questionable with an illness. I mean, they proved they could cover it seven and a half, nine and a half. So I mean, do you like them to do it two times in a row? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I walked into that first meeting and I said straight up, the Kings team totals one twenty four and a half. They're going to go over. Like they're going to score one hundred and thirty points, and they scored one hundred and thirty five. Now, Kevin Porter Jr. is out. On one hand, he's one of their best offensive players. On the other hand, he's one of the biggest ball hogs in the league, so maybe you might see a bit of better ball movement in this game. The main pivot has to be Jalen Green points, right? I mean, the amount of shots that or is Or is Kenyon Martin Jr. freaking points? How many shots did Green take in the last game? Like 24, 25? Oh, I'll tell you. It's, it was perfectly fine. It was mid-20s. Jalen Green, last game in the box score, was 9 for 25. 25 shots. And 3 Porter for 12 from 3. Quarter. 3 okay. for 12 from First of all, why are you taking 12 threes against the Kings? They're giving you everything on the inside. Shout out to yeah. Shangun, by the way. Nice triple double. Oh, yeah, nice better. triple double. Nobody talks about. Yeah, he. I was actually like watching that, kind of sweating it for him. And he like, I like. I think it was somebody. It was somebody I saw, and they had Shangun for over thirty and a half. I think it was. And he finished with thirty because he. Had yeah, he got the triple double. Yeah, he got the triple double and didn't get the over thirty and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I was like, oh man, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. For this game, though, I'm on the over. Obviously, I, I think yeah. the Kings once again score 130. Nothing's going to change. I like the Kings though in this spot. Herder being out kind of sucks because he spaces the floor. But he still have Fox, still have Sabonis, still have a bunch of options there. I just think Houston's a really bad basketball team. And I mentioned how some other coaches should be fired. I'm shocked Silas still has a job. I don't know how he still has a job, but we'll He's see what happens moving guy. forward. The team sucks. Like I'm not fully blaming him, but the team's clearly tuned him out. They had that video of uh, Jabari Smith kind of looking disinterested a couple weeks ago in the timeout with Silas talking. Yeah, they, that was such a reach. It was such a reach, too. But based on his, his, his success or lack thereof with this team, you figure they would have just cleaned house at this point from the coaching staff perspective. Give me the over. Light the beam. I think Sacramento wins this game by 15. Do you think they have enough offensive firepower without Kevin Porter Jr.? Because besides Jalen Green... And Shangun, who's really not. I think they. I think they do it. They actually used it correctly. Like they. It. That's what I'm saying. Like with Silas and company, they don't use this roster correctly at all. So I think I have to lean to Sacramento. Yeah, I'll take Sacramento and the over. But I'd much rather just sit here and throw money at Jalen Green and just hope that he takes 30 shots and makes 10. <laughs> What is his player prop at? Because I, I actually would consider taking an alt line maybe for 35. 
because I mean, it's really about volume. That's what it's going to come down to. And yeah. he has such a green light with this team. His points prop is sitting at probably like 20, 24 and a half. Okay, close enough. 24 and a half minus 120. So you're getting a pretty, like even 30, you're getting a pretty good price. I Let would see Jalen Green. 30s plus 220. 35 is six to one. Six to one? Hell, throw with Brunson double double. Throw 35 with freaking uh, Fox to have 35. Like you, you pretty. Uh, I could think of less worse bets. I think I would probably pivot off of Fox and just take Sabonis triple double. It's only plus three ten though, which sucks. Yeah, but whatever. I'm actually curious though what the pro- what the parlay would be if I took Green thirty five with Brunson for double double because I do like that Brunson play. Uh, let me see what I can get here. Brunson double double. What number did you say it was? So, uh, Brunson's double double. Yeah. Plus 650. Okay. So one book has 440, so I'm not going to be able to parlay that. I'm going to have to cross books, so that's unfortunate. But if you, if you settle for the really crappy line uh, for the double-double, that pays out at roughly 37 to 1. So with a good line, if you can find it, it means it's probably closer to, like, I don't know, 50 to 1, give or take. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind a two-pick there. It's about volume, though. If you think Green's going to shoot the ball 25 times, I feel like you got to automatically lean to some alternative points. I have Jalen Green, 35 plus, plus 550. Jalen Brunson, double double, plus 650, 48 to 1. I said roughly 50 to 1. Yeah, I think that's a solid two pick yeah. if you want to go for a you know super long shot. Yeah, that is. That is actually. I'm going to play that because I'll play I can that. See that Why not? It's 50 bucks to win a grand, basically. I'll do that. Yeah, two. two Actually, no, sorry, I, miss, I misspoke. Two it's Fifty bucks to win, like yeah, two and a half. Two grand, yeah, two and a half. Yeah. All right, we're there. We have a fun. We have a Friday parlay for today, you guys. Jalen Brunson double double and Jalen Green thirty five plus. There you go. All right. Before we get into our lock and dog, got to talk to you about underdog fantasy because you can get in on their fantasy football playoff best ball gauntlet with a million dollars in prizes up for grab for grabs. And you have a ton of daily games in the NBA, NHL, NFL. Plus, when you use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, sign up. You can get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That is underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And we are also doing a special basketball bingo contest. The powers that be have heard me and the monstrosities that they did on Christmas Day. So now we're getting a bingo contest on MLK Day. All you have to do is sign up. Well, first subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast on YouTube and then click the sign up link in the app. All links for the contest are exclusively in the SGPN app. All right. Lock and dog. It'd be no fun if I made Orlando my dog because everybody knows Orlando's my dog. So I'm not going to make them my official dog, but you know that's my dog. From a lot, give me the Clippers minus two and a half. You got to avenge that game, man. This is such a good spot to do it and potentially no Jokic. I think we're getting a favorite. If Jokic doesn't play, this has to go like four. So I think we're getting It should go one. higher based on the on off numbers, but it's really yeah, weird. It really that should. Denver just but they can't. The team. Yeah. It, it feels like they're punting this game, doesn't it? It does. It really does. I mean, Yoke is just playing for no reason. Feels like you're like, all right, we don't care. Yep. 
Alright, for my dog, I will go to Indiana is calling me. Indiana is not that big of a dog. It's only plus 110. I'm not going to do that. People deserve a little bit more value. If you're not going there, then I'm assuming we're going to end up with the same dog. Because we're going OKC? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I won't do it because you do it, AKC. I'll take Indiana plus one ten. <laughs> go ahead, you're locking dog, sir. All right, so my lock, I'm gonna go back to all reliable. I do like that Clippers play, but I will go with the Knicks first half minus yeah. two and a half. I can't really say no to it. The Knicks might be terrible in the fourth quarter, so I won't bother in the first. I'm telling quarters. you, if if basketball was only 24 minutes, the Knicks would be like three time champions. Over. Bro, if the NFL was like 45 minutes, the Raiders would be a playoff team. But yeah, yeah <laughs> just saying. But I, I still think that uh, the Knicks in the first half are in a pretty good spot here. <laughs> I'm just saying. Shout out to Josh McDaniel. Oh God, the, Capri. the Wizards are going to be missing potentially half the team. You're looking at the lineup here. Porzingis is that is questionable. Morris is questionable. Gafford's questionable. Carey's questionable. Davis is questionable. I don't care about the last two guys, but Gafford and Porzingis <laughs> being out, that's rough. Gafford and Porzingis being out, that means they really have no centers, and the Knicks can rebound well with Randall and with Robinson. Maybe a sneaky Julius Randall triple-double game, maybe, but I'm going to hope Brunson yeah. gets the assist. But the Wizards missing basically their entire team, potentially including Beal. Knicks are really good at, in the first half. Two and a half? It's a very low number for a much better basketball team that, at full strength. Give me the Knicks yeah. first half at minus two and a half as my lock. And OKC for the dog? Uh, it's either going to be OKC for the dog or Jalen Green 30-plus points at like plus Ooh. 220, which I think is a solid number. I think I am going to go to Jalen Green. Okay. At 30 plus, actually. It's the volume for me. Porter played the first quarter, or 10 minutes of the first quarter, and Green still finished with 25 shots. He went 9 for 25, so he was not efficient at all. He went 3 for 12 from 3. If he just bumps those numbers up a little bit, he's going to go for 30 and change. I, I just think that with a total in the 238 range, if Houston scores 115 again, Jalen Green's probably going to go for 30. Plus 220, though, for a guy that's going to probably attempt north of 23 shots, I think it's great value. I'll take the over on that. Rewinding to OKC in Chicago with no DeMar That's, that's DeRozan, my bonus lock. With no DeRozan, is Shea the best player on court? Yes. No offense I, to Levine. Levine's <laughs> had a very good couple of weeks here. Mm -hmm. Shea's done it the whole season. All right, so three-team money line, round robin, Pacers money line, OKC money line, Orlando money line. Okay. It's pretty decent. Pretty Not the biggest three-team money line, round robin we've given out, but it's pretty decent. All right, anything else for Pete before we get up out of here? Not really. Uh, I believe there are nine games on the card. Should be a fun one. Besides that, though, reminder, if you are looking for some NFL breakdown stuff for Saturday – uh, Terrell and I have you covered. We did the podcast for the NFL show either yesterday or two days ago. I don't recall, but it was the Saturday games. We gave a DFS lineup. We talked about props, first touchdown score, all the fun DGen stuff. So if you want yep. some football plays, we got you covered there. Coming off a 25 to 1 first touchdown score last time, bro. So doing all right. Uh, I mean, well, you had the 25 it. to 1. I had the McKinnon one at like 10 to 1. 
Yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. You did have McKinnon. Oh, wow. I'm mad we forgot to mention that. You did have McKinnon. We hit two first touchdowns that last episode. Oh, we're fire. Come on now. Y'all got to come on. Now, if you're not listening to us, why not? Okay. He's at Russia already. I'm at really real underscore underscore. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to us on Twitter at SGPN NBA. I sound like an old person. Follow us on Twitter. Don't subscribe to us on Twitter. You don't subscribe to us on Twitter. That's weird. All right. Other than that, I mean, I really have nothing else. Make sure you leave us a review. And, oh, don't forget our parlay. Jalen Green, 35 plus. Jalen Brunson. We're going to Jalen's. The Jalen parlay. Hey, where's uh? we need a graphic. We need a graphic. My graphic people, we need a graphic for the Jalen parlay tonight. Jalen Brunson, double-double. Jalen Green, 35 plus. That is 48, 50 to 1. Depends where you get it at. Other than that, nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way ending pod- podcast. But we'll end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.